2: of Jesus, the presence of God becomes accessible to everybody. That's the truth of the gospel. Through the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus, everybody, everywhere has the opportunity to experience the presence of God.
1: Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit MissionHill.org. That's MissionHill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis.
2: It's amazing the difference your presence can make. Maybe you've seen one of those newscasts where one of our service men or women surprised their child. Or their spouse by showing up unexpectedly. I had an experience kind of like that over Thanksgiving. Some of you know that our world was changed on August 25th when my dad had a stroke and a subsequent brain bleed caused him just to be in a place that's a, a difficult setting, not only physically but just in his health during this time. My mother was moved into an assisted living instantly and we just found ourselves at a place where there was a new normal. And so the holidays are going to be different. Thanksgiving was different. At Thanksgiving, I was there in South Carolina with my family, and I began to think about a way we could surprise my mom. So I went to the leaders at the rehab, and my dad, who is bed and wheelchair bound, I said, hey, is there, is there any possibility of us escaping Is there any way I might kidnap him and and tape him away and surprise my mom for Thanksgiving dinner? And they said, sure, if you think you can handle it. And I thought I could, and I barely did. Wow, it was quite a, a challenge. But I'll never forget the look on my mom's face when we wheeled him in and surprised them. Check this out. It's amazing what the presence... Of someone you love can do. Our family enjoyed being there that Thanksgiving. It made a memory we will never forget. And that's what we're going to talk about today, the surprisingly simple ministry of presence. I believe your presence can help you have a different kind of Christmas. Let's look in Luke chapter 2. We're going to continue reading where we left off last week because this is the most familiar account of the Christmas story. I, I want to make sure we include what we've already read. Look in verse 1. In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee in the town of Nazareth to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because he was of the house and the lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. I'm so excited because in not many days, I'm going to be there. And every time I think about what God did in that little city of Bethlehem, I'm reminding that that's our God's specialty. He loves to do big things in small places. Or even to small people. And I hear that and I, I just make it a prayer of mine. God, would you use me and nobody to do something big for your glory? I pray that for our church. God, would you use us? We're not a mega church. Nobody knows our name, but, but would you use us to so explode for your glory in our communities that it makes a difference for your glory around the world? What a what a prayer that we should have as we seek out. The Lord in that way. It continues in verse 6, and while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end, The story turned out okay, but that phrase is one of the saddest phrases in the Bible, isn't it? Jesus is showing up on the scene in the flesh. And there was no room for them. I guess that leads me to ask myself and to ask you, are you making room for Jesus in your little corner of the world this Christmas? If we want to see God do what he promises that only he can do, we have to make space for his grace. We have to give him the opportunity to show up. And as I look at my life and I hold up the mirror of God's word to me, I find out that often I'm not, I'm not leaving the space for him to work. And I thought about that, and there are at least three reasons why that is the case. Let me give them to you. First, the presence of sin in my life will keep me from having room for Jesus. Jesus. If you understand what sin is, sin is anything that God told us not to do that we do. It's anything that God tells us to do we don't do. Sin separates us from God. It's it's rebellion against the Almighty, whether intentional or unintentional. And God is holy, so sin is necessarily going to put a barrier where God intended to build a bridge... And it'll separate us from him and it'll cause us to miss out on his best. So if you have unconfessed sin in your life, don't think that God's going to show up and do something big until you deal with that by his grace. So the presence of sin. And, And then, you know, the priorities that are out of place, that'll always cause us to miss out on God's best. You're going to see that illustrated in the life of the shepherds in a moment. But anytime my priorities are out of place, if my priorities are on those things that are even good things, but they're not the best things, I will miss out on God's very best in my life. So something like our families, which are very important, and we should prioritize. If I put that over where God wants me to be, or or my career, or, or my education, anytime my priorities get out of whack, then my relationship with God's going to be out of whack. And then, though, I, I think the thing that gets me most is it's not even the presence of sin or, or, or the misplaced priorities. It's a preoccupation with self. That's the American way. It's all about me, my wants, my future, my plan. And, and any time I put me as number one, where God is supposed to be, where Jesus desires to be, it's going to cause me to miss out on God's best. So we were talking about that last week, just how do we make sure we leave that space for Jesus? While we are not present at the birth of Christ, the Bible teaches that we must be present for the body of Christ. And where is the body of Christ today? Well, Jesus said, when you do it to the least of these, you've done it to me. So last week we talked about just ministering to the least of these. Here's what we said, in a crowded and a chaotic world, a small act of kindness can make a big and a lasting impact. So our takeaway from last week really is summed up in two words. Be kind. You'll go a long way in life if you just decide to be kind. So we tried to make it easy for you. We provided these little cards One side has all five of our Christmas Eve services and you can invite people on all three of our campuses to be a part of our Christmas Eve service. The other side simply says this, please accept this act of kindness as my demonstration of God's love to you. No strings attached. Sometimes when we come to church, there's a test. Warning, this is one of those times. So get ready. How many of you use these cards or a small act of kindness this last week. Let me see your hands. Wow, you actually win. As, as, as low as that number was, this service actually wins so far. Uh, a lot of us have not done this. That means we've still got great opportunity. You're going to have these cards everywhere you turn when you leave this room today. Pick these up by the handfuls and use these in simple ways. Maybe when you go through a drive-thru or maybe someone, as I was walking in, uh, they told me they were at a restaurant, Bob Evans, and they saw a guy by himself. And they just told the the waitress to come over and and to give them his bill. And and then they left one of these cards. You can make a difference wherever you are. A small act of kindness can make a big and lasting impact. I tried to do this a few times this week, and it catches everybody off guard when you do. I I decided to go through McDonald's drive through true confession there. I know it's not the most healthy place to eat. But I wanted to surprise uh, my little girl. I was picking her up from school, so I surprised her with some French fries and a a Sprite. And I surprised me with a quarter pounder with cheese meal. (laughs) And and, and so I paid for mine, and and then I stayed there. And the guy was just looking at me and said, hey, I want to pay for the car behind me too. He said, you want to pay for their food? I said, yeah. And how much was it? I said, he's, he said, about $5.42. I said, thank you, Jesus. It could have been much worse. So I said, hey, here's my card. Pay for that. And then all you've got to do is just give them this card. And so it was McDonald's right down the street here. And so I left the pay window and drove up to get my food. And I could tell as I was looking in my rearview mirror, they were kind of talking back and forth with him and wondering what's going on. And and then he handed them this card, and then I could look, and I could see the lady. She was just smiling and waving. she's like, yeah, thank you. That's great. Just a small, simple act of kindness that can make a difference. I told that story in the last service, and one mother came up to me afterwards. She said, I was so excited. I thought my son was going to show me that he really got it. And he said, Mom, when we go out to eat this week, and she said, yeah. He said, let's make sure we get behind Pastor Paul like, what? We're not quite making the point yet. So, uh, well, I just want to challenge, challenge you. Be kind. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. What do you think? What do you think about it if we drop a kindness bomb right here, right now? Would you be up for that? I mean, that would would kind of be cool, right? We did that at first service, uh, our 8 o'clock service. Miss Marietta, she's 98 years old. She doesn't miss church unless she is in the hospital. And so I got to this point in the service and I pulled a gift I had out from the front row. And um, in that, we had one of our devotionals that we make available to you. We had a sweater for her because everybody's cold when they come to church. And then we gave her an Uber card because at 98 years old, she Ubers to church. Isn't that pretty exciting? So uh, I thought we would do that today. So Pastor Zach, why don't you and Pierre come on up here? Would you welcome Pastor Zach and our new friend from Haiti. Pierre. We're so glad that you guys are here with us today. Come on this way. And Pierre, welcome to the U.S. You came here from Haiti three months ago, right? Welcome him again. Three months here in the U.S. This is exciting. You know, you have a ministry here in our church. About 200 people Monday through Friday meet in our church just to learn the English language. And that's a direct result of ministry uh, that you have. They're from all over the world. So just know, you don't have to get on a plane or a bus. You don't even have to go across the street to be to the mission field. It has come to us. And so Pierre is from Haiti. Haiti is the poorest country in our hemisphere. And uh, man, what an opportunity. Many Haitians already a part of our church. Uh, We're excited about what God is doing as he brings people our way. But as Pierre came we noticed he had a challenge. He, he came to English classes because he speaks hardly any English, and that's why uh, Pastor Zach is, is translating, uh, but his challenge is that he lives a long way away from where the classes are. So he went to the people at Hillsborough County, and he said, hey, you think maybe there are some bus passes or something I can use to help me get here? And they said, no thanks. And then he came to us and said, do you have bus passes? And we said, we just don't, we don't have those right now. That's not something we have that's uh, available to us. And so he actually met with Pastor Zach in Pastor Zach's office. And he said, Pastor Zach, would you just pray for me? Maybe that I can just find uh, an old bicycle or somehow I could, I could get my way to church. Because he walks 45 minutes each day to come to class, each way. In fact, uh, man, Pierre, you're, you look nice today. You're all dressed up. You're making me look bad. You're, you're making Pastor Zach look much worse. Um, but I think, if I'm not mistaken, all dressed up, you walked 45 minutes to church today. Is that right? Well, Pierre, we're going to drop a kindness bomb because we don't want you to have to walk. Would you welcome Connors? He brings out our gift for Pierre. This is not an old bicycle. But this is a brand new one. And from now on, Pierre, we want you to accept this as a demonstration of the love of God from this church family. No strings attached. This is just an act of kindness. Thank you very much. Wow. See, this is not hard. You guys can go ahead and step off. This is not hard. You can do this in your corner of the world right where you are. But there's another truth I want to help you experience that different kind of Christmas this year. I want you to understand that in our busy and bustling society, being there matters. That's the ministry of presence. Being there. Showing up. Often your presence makes a better impact than the presence that you give. You're going to see that illustrated from this passage of Scripture. Let's continue reading Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. The angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, This will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. When they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. Let's bow our heads and pray together once more. So Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we have gathered in this place, and once more we invite your presence. We know that those of us who are your children, God, are indwelled with the Holy Spirit. Your presence is with us. You are always with us as followers of Jesus. But we ask for your presence to be manifest today. Make it demonstrable in our lives. Make it so evident and tangible that we walk away saying we have been in the presence of the Lord. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. How do you develop this ministry of presence? How do you know how to and when to respond to God's prompting in your life? Four things I want you to see. Number one, keep watch. Say that with me. Keep watch. You've heard this story before from Luke chapter 2. Many of you could say it almost from memory. The shepherds were keeping watch over their flocks by night. They were doing what shepherds are supposed to do. That phrase, keeping watch, simply means that they were doing their job. Are you keeping watch? Are you doing those things that God wants you to do right where he's placed you as his child? As a child, if people were being nosy, if they were getting into my stuff. I might turn to them and say, mind your own business. But as an adult, we begin to understand in maturity that minding our business is responsible. We take care of those things we're supposed to take care of. These surprisingly simple shepherds were doing what they were supposed to do. They were taking care of the sheep. And God met them there. And that's what I want you to see. When you do what God has created you to do, God meets you right where you are. That's part of the majesty of the mundane, if you will. You don't have to go to a cathedral or even a fancy place of worship to encounter God. If you're where you're supposed to be, doing what you're supposed to do. When you're not where you're supposed to be doing what he created you to do, you risk missing out on the God moments of life. So keep watch. Now I love how C.S. Lewis puts it in this quote, the great thing is to be found at one's post as a child of God, living each day as though it were our last, but planning as though the world might last a hundred years. That's what we should do each day when we wake up. God, help me to make the most of this day as if it's the last day I have. Help me to love well and to live well in the name of Jesus and for the glory of God. But, oh, God, if it would be that you would give me a long life, may it be so for your glory. Why is this important? Well, there's a bonus truth I think you need to see here. When we keep watch, when we do those things God created us to do, The glory of the Lord begins to shine around us. Uh, Remember that in the story? The shepherds were keeping watch over their fields by night. And the glory of the Lord began to shine around them. See, I don't want you to miss this reality today. You were created on purpose for a purpose. And when you sync up with that, when you get in line with God's plan for your life, you live in such a way it brings glory to God. God is glorified by the things that you do. So quick question, what does God put you here to do? Why did he create you? That question that Rick Warren used to begin what is the most popular nonfiction book other than the Bible, The Purpose Driven Life, it begins with this question. What on earth am I here for? Now based on understanding those realities, are you living your life doing what God created you to do. Keep watch. If you want to be where he wants you to be and be used for his glory, you have to keep watch. But secondly, don't be afraid. Say, don't be afraid. this is a familiar part of of this story that the shepherds were keeping watch over the fields by night. The glory of the Lord shone around them and the angels appeared because they were greatly afraid. So the angels had to say, don't be afraid. We're reminded that at least 365 times in the Bible, we have those words, don't be afraid, do not fear, fear not, because we are fearful and fretful people. So at least once for every day of the year, God reminds us, it doesn't have to be this way, that's not of me, that's of you. What are you fearful of? Other people? What they think? What they're going to do? Are you fearful of the future? Of the circumstances of your life? You need to understand something about fear in Scripture. There's only one kind of fear that is biblically okay for the child of God. And that's fear of God. And that's important. I feel like we've lost some of that. We look to God as our buddy and we forget that he's holy. And the Bible talks a lot about fearing him. In fact, I read a Proverbs every day, and almost every chapter in the book of Proverbs reminds us of the importance of fearing God. You might remember this one, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Fear is not that we're afraid he's going to zap us at every corner. Fear is just living in the awe of God's presence. We don't want to miss out on his wonder and his majesty. We want all that he has to offer. When we fear other things than God, it becomes sinful. In fact, I would say that fear of anything or anyone other than God is a sinful symptom that we have made our lives all about us. So if you're focusing on what you're afraid of, maybe you need to be reminded of God's antidote today. His antidote is to get your eyes off of you onto Him.